Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. Matty here with you behind the glass today, Andrew and Dom. As always, a big weekend for sports, wasn't it? How'd your football team do? Did they win? I mean, it seemed like every game, didn't it? Came came down to the wire, and then there were some surprises along the way, too. Incredible. Sony Open also had some surprises down the way in the end, in the way that Siwoo Kim uh, came back for victory to finish an 18 under par, find around 64 in the accomplishment. The win was by one stroke over Hayden Buckley, which was interesting to watch Hayden kind of introduce himself on the PGA Tour. Uh, in, in fairness, proved that he could win. Not that anybody that's on the PGA Tour can't win, but it's sometimes hard to get over that hurdle, and here he was right in the mix. Uh, when it was all said and done, Siwoo Kim, he had that... He chips in for birdie at 17. This is after he knew that Hayden had made birdie at 16. He heard the roars, took sole possession of the lead, right? Siwoo chips in at 17. Then he goes on to 18, secures. Meanwhile, Hayden had to make a 12-footer for birdie to go into a playoff, which he missed, and secured the win for Siwoo Kim. Our Fairways of Life uh, recap, which is brought to us by the guys from PGA Tour Radio, which you can hear on the PGA Tour app. You can hear it on PJTour.com for free, and it works all over the world, I can attest. Or if you subscribe to the National Satellite Service, Sirius XM, Earl Forsey and Dennis Paulson. And gents, I'll tell you what, what a finish. Well, Matt, thanks. A couple of weeks in Hawaii, the Aloha Swing wraps up with some drama on Sunday at the Sony Open in Hawaii. Dennis Paulson was our analyst alongside a wildlife country club this week. Dennis, the Players' Champion, Siwoo Kim, Mounted a charge early in the day. Hayden Buckley had the lead. He was a guy looking for his first win. He was pretty solid Sunday, but Siwoo Kim made the birdie at 18. That was the difference, and he's a winner again. There was 15 people tied for ninth or better in the field on Sunday. Nine of them had never won on the PGA Tour, and one of those players that had won was the one that was successful. There's a lot to it, been there for the – and for Hayden Buckley to not have been there ever before with a really good chance to win on the PGA Tour, starting with the lead. Similar storyline. In fact, somebody coming from behind like they did last week, but it was a much different animal. This was a – I don't want to say a two-horse race. It's probably a four-horse race until we got late in the back nine. And uh, Hayden Buckley stood up pretty nicely. I'm really impressed with what he did, but Siwoo Kim played a very nice round of golf. I'm going to say he – Shot a 62 that he turned into a 64. It was a solid round of golf. The front nine was unbelievable how good he hit it. Missed a couple of short putts, but other than that, he played very solid on the back nine. Hey, when you birdie 17 and 18, what do you do? Former players champion, and now it's his fourth PGA Tour title for Siwoo Kim. So Hayden Buckley denied, still looking for that first win. He played very well. He's got a lot to take with him from Sunday, but couldn't get up and down to make the birdie he needed at 18. How disappointing a loss. Yeah, you know, he he was right in front of the green at 15. He left it where he should have, and he used putter from about, man, it must have been four or five yards off the green, and, and it bounced on him a little bit, and he missed a short putt there, and then he didn't get it up and down at 18. He looked completely calm the entire day on 18. Him and his caddy, that conversation they had sounded like it was a Wednesday pro-am, but when he got to the green and he was waiting for Ben Taylor to play that third shot from 80 yards, 
I had the camera angle was close on him. I go, uh-oh, it's, it's hunting season. <laughs> and you could see just a little bit of nerves creeping in there because he just wanted to play, Earl. He's a quick player, and he couldn't. And that was the thing that just – that moment got a little too big because he couldn't play as fast as he wanted to. Siwoo Kim made that birdie at 18. He's a winner again. 18 under par, a one-shot victory, Matt. Aloha from Honolulu from Siwoo Kim as he has won the Sony Open in Hawaii. Thank you, gents. Aloha to you, too. Excellent work from Hawaii, as you guys do week in and week out. What impressed me the most about what Siwoo Kim did was the five-iron he hit from the bunker on 18 to get home it was 236 yards from the green. Five iron from a bunker. Now, granted, it was, it was playing hard and fast and running and driving and all that. Whatever the combination, he got home from 236 from that bunker in order to secure. So for Siwoo Kim, we got a quick little bite here for you. How does it feel, of course, when you heard the, the cheer for Buckley's birdie when he was on 17? Remember I told you he was on the 17th getting ready to hit that very difficult chip. He heard the cheer behind him where Buckley had regained sole possession of the lead on the 16th. And then they asked him, take us through the two great birdies that you had on 17, where he chipped in, and on 18, where, as I just described, he reached the green in two from that bunker at 236 yards away with the five iron. And then mostly to this, how does it feel to win again on the PGA Tour? really want to win, like, when I play every week, but... I know it's high expectation. High, high expectation is like a little bit of holding me up, but I'm keep trying to be positive and yeah. Now finally I won the tournament. Yeah, 17 kind of like tough pin, and then it's hard to stop the green because the helping wind so much. And uh, I was I was in the off the green, kind of like into the green, like tough fly, but. I knew it. He made a putt. Heard the noise, so uh, I have to hit it aggressive, and I made it. And next one, much comfortable, feel more comfortable. So uh, into the bunker. I I was in there yesterday too, so it's feel like more comfortable because I've been there yesterday. So I think that helps to on the green. It's like if he made a putt, like I'm more nervous because like I have to like save it you know and then especially into the green with the pressure is much nervous for me but i knew it i heard the sounds so bogus bogus like bogus fine so i have to like pass the hole so i have to hit it aggressive and i think that really helps yeah nothing to lose right Hayden Buckley turned professional back in 2018. He is 26 years old, born in Chattanooga, Tennessee, University of Missouri. Uh, 2018 in health science was his college experience. He was asked the biggest thing that he will take away from this week. Does it contribute to one's confidence as you move forward when you get that close? What did he see in his birdie putt attempt on 18? Remember, not to spoil it, but he missed that putt. It would have taken him into a playoffs. Did he what did prove- he do himself that he could win on the PGA Tour? And what about his performance impressed himself the most for the week? Again, it's this whole theme of what did you learn from it? Where do we go from here? And how, he was asked, would you assess how the day played itself out? You know, I feel like it, it definitely played tough out there. So I feel like my, my ball striking was right where I wanted it. Uh, you know, a little shaky early. I didn't hit it 
didn't hit it exactly where I wanted to early on, but again, the front nine is so difficult that I knew if I could just grind out a few pars and uh, you know find my way to the back nine, I'd have a great chance. And, you know, I feel like the putting was a little shaky. Uh, it it didn't feel great all week, even though I did make a lot of putts. Uh, I made a, a I know a, a, over 200 feet of putts at least in a couple days and. Um, you know, with that, I feel like I made a lot of those long putts, but I struggled on the short ones. Uh, and that was dating back to, to Thursday. You know, Thursday I missed a three or four footer for birdie, and it feels like I missed one or two of those almost every day uh, that really just caught up to me at the end. I feel like I ran out of, I feel like I had control of the tournament pretty much the whole way, but um, just a late miss, I think, on 15 from three or four feet. Uh, it really, really hurt, but I bounced back with a birdie and gave myself a chance. Uh, so overall, it was. I was impressed by, by what I did, and I think I'll, I'll remember this day, and it'll just make me better. I mean, honestly, the ball striking, it's just I've always known that it's my strength, but just to see it, especially after a month off, I really didn't think I needed to work on too much this offseason. You know, I, I felt like coming in, again, just, just keeping my body healthy was important, and I did. And uh, Just to see what I can do with a driver, I think it's something that I w- will benefit me, I think, in the long run. Uh, it's not a very easy course to drive the ball, and it's really hard to score out of the rough. And uh, I, I put the ball where I needed to, and um, fell short. But I, I feel like I feel like good things are coming. You know, obviously this week was incredible. Um, you can never really complain about finishing second. Uh, but again, I think it's just going to light a fire under me to to keep working hard. And next time I'm in that situation, not let it not let it go that way. I feel like I've always been. I've always known I could win out here. I think that's kind of the process. You go through Canada, you go through the Corn Ferry Tour, and to see success at those levels, even going back to college, I think it all sets up for success out here. Um, but again, winning on the PGA Tour is the hardest thing to do, and uh, you know sometimes you just get beat, and I feel like that's what happened today. Uh, I knew it went left. Uh, I mean, I, again, I feel like it was just so grainy that. Um, it's tough, you know. I feel like I miss left all day. That's kind of my tendency, and uh, it's tough to to mentally come up, come back from that when you're missing a lot of putts left and you have a le- right to left putt at the end. Um, but I feel like I hit it on a good line, maybe just not enough speed. Um, you know, again, it's something to to, to look back on and, and learn from it, but also, you know, get to work next week. I'm taking next week off. I'm gonna get back home and, and really get to work on on fixing that, and and hopefully next time it won't happen just confidence you know I feel like you know, I had a good fall uh, you know obviously I had a somewhat of a chance in Japan uh, not necessarily you know right right in the lead or never really had the lead but uh, you know I've been in situations similar U.S. Open again second to last group on Saturday I've had opportunities and haven't been able to convert but again I think confidence is something that you know I will never lose it just because I've seen I've seen how, the way I hit the ball and I've seen the way I can just rise to the occasion, and you know, unfortunately, it didn't happen today. But um, I think I think good things are coming. Hayden Buckley finishing in second place in 17 under par. That was one shot shy of the winner, Si Woo Kim. Now finishing in a tie for seventh at 13 under par was Aaron Baddeley. You know Aaron Baddeley, a tour winner, uh, a guy who's been out there for a long time. He's now 41 years old, and he's an interesting story because. Aaron showed up on Monday to Monday qualify. He got a late sponsor's exemption 
gets into the tournament, ends up finishing in this tie for seventh, which means in a top 10, he's exempt into next week, finishing in the mark of 13 under par. He was asked about how he would assess his career over the past 20 years, a four-time winner on the PGA Tour. And think if you can, cast your mind back, say 10, 15, 20 years ago, what did you think would happen with Aaron Baddeley as he broke out onto the scene? This was after the success that he's had as an amateur and into his professional career in Australia in big events. Uh, what was his goal coming into the Sony Open this week? How did he hear about Mike Adams, the longtime veteran uh, professional, one of the great teachers of the game? What impact has that made on his game? Uh, and he was asked about with that, are you working on anything new? And specifically, what are you working on right now? How hard is it to keep living like this and other, the rabbit tour, week to week? Here's Aaron Baddeley with that and more. It's definitely harder. I mean, it's probably harder on my family, I would say, than, than it is on me. Because um, it's like, oh, you, make, you try to make plans and then you, you either get an invite or you top 10 or you Monday qualify or you don't Monday qualify and you, got, you go back home. So, um, yeah, so it, it, I'd probably say it's harder on my family than it is on me. Started working with Mike Adams um, September, like September 21, um, and he just really simplified um, my game and my swing, and just made it where it's just really just making sure my setup is in the right spot. And if I can set up in the right spot, then I can just sort of um, a bit like what Arnold Palmer would say, like just uh, swing your swing. You know, if I can set up in the right spot, have my grip right, then I can just swing away and and just pr and just hit the shots that I need to hit. Um, I used to work with one of someone else at, at one of his um, pupils, um, and then so um, sort of knew about Mike through that. Watched a bunch of YouTube stuff with Mike, and just sort of tried to see what he was what would work on before I went down and saw him. And then um, then when I went and saw him, I, he made it even simpler than what I was expecting. And uh, it's just been a slow progression of getting better and better, and really just trusting that I can hit the shots when I need to. You know, like. You know, I've hit it pretty crooked for a lot of my career and to be able to stand up and just trust that I can just hit the shot um, and be comfortable with that. Um, I feel like it really only comes with hitting the shot and having that, that positive feedback. Like, you can try and think as positive as you want and do all that, but so you actually see it and know it's going to go where it needs to go, that's, that's the reinforcement that, that I can stand there and just swing away. The main goal is just to get better, every, a little bit better every day. Um, I feel like the goal for me is top 10, you know, like obviously I want to win. I mean, a win so it takes care of everything. Um, that's definitely the first, number one goal. Next goal will be top 10. Um, funny, I've sort of treated these a little bit like a Monday qualifier, but just a four day qualifier. And there's 10 spots instead of four, you know. Um, so today was just like a day where you just sort of just try and, I mean, the wind was up, which was nice. Um, so just sort of be patient and go off to a nice start. and. Just made a bunch of pars and then and then finished off with a few birdies there. It was nice. The goal is always to win. Every time I turn up at a tournament, I, I want to try and win because um, that's what we're here for. I'm not here to sort of make up the numbers. I want to get my wins. I want to get back in the top 50 in the world, and um, and you got to win to do that. So um, it's nice to know that I feel like I have the game to do that now, um, which is which is great. I mean, if I was going to be honest, I'd say disappointing. Um, sort of coming out if I was 18, 19, 20. Uh, if you said I'd only won four times and hadn't won a major at 40, 40, uh, at 41, I would have said, I would have, I, I wouldn't have, would not have agreed with you, you know? Um, but um, so 
Um, but I can, I can honestly say I feel like my best golf's in front of me, just with how how simplified Mike has made my, my game. And um, to be able to come into a week like this, not really hitting it very well, to then probably having one of my best ball striking rounds ever, you know, um, it's, 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 that's, that's pretty cool. So it's nice to know that he doesn't need to be perfect to start a week to, to have a good week. It's, it's, again, easy to be a fan of Aaron Baddeley. He's so humble in his approach. He was an interesting Q&A kind of going back and forth that wasn't on camera. He was asked, how would you assess your career? You're 41, right? The, the reporter says, how would you assess your career over the past 20 years? To which Aaron Baddeley responded, I mean, if I was going to be honest, I'd say disappointing, sort of coming out at 18, 19, 20. If you said I would only would win four times and hadn't won a major at 41 years old, I'd say disappointing. I, 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 would, I wouldn't have agreed with you that, that I, I, that was all I was capable of. But I can honestly say I feel like my best golf is in front of me. Just how simplified Mike has made my game. And to be able to come into a week like this, not really hitting it very well, and then to having one of my best ball striking rounds ever, that is pretty cool. It's nice to know that he doesn't need to be perfect to start a week to have a good week. Interesting. He's he kind of switched there at the end, talking about himself in the third person. Uh, Adam Scott is another veteran campaigner. Uh, finished at a tie for 21st at 11 under par. And he was asked about the winner, Siwoo Kim, having been, you know, obviously President's Cup, et cetera. And what are your thoughts on him and the position that he's in on Sunday? Bear in mind, these comments from Adam Scott were before Siwoo Kim had secured the win. Well, I think he's got a lot on the inside and, you know, sometimes um, with guys and certainly certainly the Asian players, you don't get a real glimpse of what makes them tick. Um, and I think Siwoo showed again at the President's Cup, if people don't, if people forgot he won the players, but <laughs> at a young age, but yeah, I think he... I think he was one of our best performers at the President's Cup and beating, um, I think it was Justin Thomas from memory on Sunday in a, in a bit of an epic match. There's a lot to see Wu as a golfer, especially on the inside. I think when he's in a position like this, the fire burns hot and um, he's going to be hard to beat if he's in the lead, I would, I would say. And uh, I, I think... I don't think Siwoo's an instigator of any shenanigans, but he's certainly happy to participate. All right, Adam Scott, who's also been out there for a long, long time, and frankly, he's starting to play some pretty good golf, too. You can as well. The Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. We are super excited because later on today, we are driving down to Palm Beach and going to be spending the week getting trained and all the new equipment in the golf industry. I'll show you a couple of pieces. Uh, would you guys like to see the new stealth driver? Maybe the Aerojet from Cobra. I've got him here with me. I'll show him to you in just a moment. But at the PGA Tour Superstore, in coming weeks, you're going to find all of the new products in there that you want to check out for 2023. Anything that you need for your game, whether you wear it, whether you swing it, whether you learn from it, uh, you can find it at the PGA Tour Superstore. They are the number one golf retailer in America. Why? Yeah, it's because of everything I just described to you, but I think it's mostly because of their people. You are shopping with the pros. Check them out, pjtoursuperstore.com. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration-absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit. 
and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery and visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. It's as easy as 5-2-3. Doesn't get any easier. This Houdini soul is like magic. When you just need to launch it. I wish more of my pro-am partners had these. I wish more of everybody had these. Because golf is hard. So make it easier. Make it 5 2 easier. If there was a trophy for the most forgiving clubs, these would win every year. You want to talk about winning? You know he knows a bit about that. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one gives you feedback in real time. Do you feel where you are in your golf swing? Transition plus four point two inches. Length of back swing fifty point three inches. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Pleasure to have your company as ever, folks. So one of the things that we pride ourselves on here in the Fairways of Life show is being able to introduce you to new golfers as they're in the early stages of golf at the highest level, as they're just starting their ascent in the game. And when it comes to a new year and a new season, the LPGA Tour, just like the PGA Tour that we were just discussing in the last segment, has a lot of fresh faces around it. One of those is Roberta Litti. She is uh, from some serious golf pedigree, there is no doubt. Italian pedigree, in fact. She's from Siena, Italy, where she won the Italian National Championship in 2013. She played collegiately in the States at Arizona State, where she was actually part of the 2017 NCAA National Championship team. She earned a slew of awards along the way. She graduated in 2018, get this, with a double major in sports business and management. Then she turned professional after that. It took her a couple of years at the Epson Tour, of course, to get her feet wet. Then last year she was, get this again, top 10 in 
driving distance, accuracy, and greens and regulation. No surprise in that she earned her LPGA Tour card at the Q Series and can be found playing on the LPGA Tour this year as a rookie. So we start by saying congratulations, Roberta. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Excited to get a chance to talk to you as, as we mentioned that you're just kind of getting going on your professional career at the highest level. What are your feelings right now? How excited are you for everything that lies in store? I mean, it's super exciting. You know, this is the little dream that every kid has growing up. And I mean, it finally comes true. And it's obviously just the start. I mean, it's the start of a new journey and it's super exciting. I'm ready to start preparing for the season and just like doing everything I can to be ready when the season starts. So yeah, I'm just really excited. When you were in school and you double majored, I guess my, the first question that's popping in my head was, did you realize the burden that you were taking on as a double major? But I'm curious as to why you did that and why specifically did you go into your fields of discipline? Were you in any way hedging against on the other side to say, well, if I don't make it as a, as a touring professional, I've got these other areas to fall back on? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's always been like, like part of my plan to get a good education and always have a plan B. I think it helps, it helps you like play golf also in a little bit of a lighter way, like you have a plan B. And on top of that, I just really valued my education growing up. So uh, when I got to college, I, I started my first major and everything was going well. I was taking a lot of credits and I was like, I just, I just wanted to add another major because I could graduate on time with a double major. So I just uh, made the most out of my four years of college. Did you, would you to have sports business and management as your majors? What was your thinking, Roberta, in terms of if you went that direction, right? I just theoretically, right. because I, I'm trying to understand how, how your mind is working in all this. If you had gone that direction, was it your intention to take those, that education, those degrees back to Italy in order to try to, to find your career or was your mind open to the world of possibilities? I mean, my mind was open to the world of possibilities. I, I thought it was valuable to just get a major in something related to sport because I could learn from it as an athlete. And I could also like as a plan B just stay in the field of sports and like maybe in golf. Obviously when I picked those majors, my first intent was to be a sports agent I don't know if like as time went on, that still was like what I wanted to do. But um, I think I learned a lot as an athlete from my major and I could use what I learned for my personal experience too. And then, I mean, I never thought whether I was going to go back to Italy or not. Obviously, I'm open to the world of possibilities, as you said. And I'm like in when golf is over or like what not, like I'm ready to like see when new opportunities come. And um, I and I would like to obviously stay in the sports industry because that's what I've done my whole life and I'm very like passionate about it. To that point, what you've done your whole life, Roberta, I'm, I'm curious about how you discovered the game of golf, where you were able to play when you were young and kind of create the game that you have that has carried you to, to such heights. Can you kind of give us a glimpse of what that was like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cool story, I'll say, like, I, I started playing golf because my uncle started managing the restaurant at the golf course and I was 
eight years old. I was eight or nine years old. And uh, um, I started going with them in the summer. Like he would live that you would live next door to me. So I would just leave with him in the morning at seven in the morning when he was opening, you know, the restaurant and I was just going back home at 7 p.m. So I would spend I would spend the whole day at the course and I would have a blast. And uh, that's how my passion for golf started. And but the, the fun part of it is that I started playing golf at a really, really, really small golf course in Tuscany. And it was a six hole golf course, all part threes, one part four, very like, you know, basic practice facilities. So that's that's how I started playing golf. But I, I truly, truly fell in love with the game when I was nine. I would spend every single day at the course from sun up to sundown. Where did you find, just out of curiosity, in your, this was you being introduced to the game, your uncle takes over the management of the restaurant, you're at the golf course from sun up to sundown. Where did you find your golf clubs? Uh, how did you kind of figure out how to do things, or did you figure that out on your own in terms of chipping, putting, hitting shots? No, there, there was a there was an instructor at the golf course that um, helped me from the start, and like we connected really well. So I mean, it was fun. He would work with me when at free time, and I would just like practice on my own uh, the other times so or with other kids that were there. Uh, but and as far as golf clubs, you know, like I think when I started, I would just use the rental clubs at the course, and then you know, as my passion grew, then my parents got my first set of clubs, and I still remember it. I was really excited. And um, and then yeah, I just started from there. When when you came to the United States for school, your English is so good. I, I'm I'm curious about two things. First of all, just at, just as an aside, I'm curious when people hear you speak, where do they think you're from? Uh, I mean, I guess they do they do guess I'm Italian or Spanish. I guess that's what I get too, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the first question they ask me is what my name is, and the second is where I'm from. So I think my accent like, gives a good, a good clue of where I'm from. But, yeah. And so when you came over for school, were you as fluent as you are right now, or is that something that, again, you committed yourself to just like everything else, academically, athletically, et cetera? Um, I think when I came over, um, I'd been playing in Europe for a few years with the national team. So, like, you know, my, my English had improved in the years, like high school years and whatnot. But I think when I got to the U.S., I, would, I could understand and write it. I could write it and, like, speak it decently. But I, I actually had a really hard time understanding people. And uh, I remember my first classes in college, I, like, I wasn't taking notes. I was just, you know, starting from the book because it was so hard for me to adapt to that the first few months. But then I guess like a time went by, like I, I started understanding people, you know, the different accents. And uh, and I mean, like I again, I could speak it decently and I could definitely read and write really well. So that in school helped a lot. But I definitely like my English became fluent the first semester of college. Roberta, it's clear to me that there is an element of who you are that I would define as tenacity, uh, this ability to take on major new life experiences and succeed through finding your own path, whatever way that defines itself accordingly. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? Is tenacity an important part of who you are? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I... 
you know, like it's been like quite the journey. It's it had its up and downs, and like I, I, I had to like like everybody really, but I had to overcome a, a few things. And I think what brought me to where I am today was, in a way, the belief in me in bad times, and like as you said, the tenacity to just keep going and believe that like one day I was gonna get where I wanted to get, but. It definitely takes a lot of like tenacity, perseverance, grit to just like keep going because golf really throws everything at you and you better be ready to take it and move on because of like otherwise there is no way you can make it. It's awesome. I mean, it's, it really is very a very, very cool story with everything that you've done, everything that you've accomplished. Now, the, the following question I have for you, I, I realize it might it almost seems like a celebration of the obvious today because collegiate golf and the entire collegiate golf system is so good that all of you come out prepared to compete at the highest level. But I'm very curious about what you felt like you learned through your collegiate years that has helped you as a professional because your experience was so stout, including a national championship. What was it about that team experience and everything that went into being an ath- a student athlete that's now helping you? I mean, the what college taught me is truly like amazing. Like I, well, it first teaches you to be an adult because you're moving away from home and you have to take care of yourself. And once you're out on tour by yourself and you're 22, 23, like you need to be ready to like take care of yourself. And on top of that, I was so blessed to have like amazing coaches along the way and I think I think besides the you know everything that you learn like from like your teammates and from your coaches more lessons bigger lessons um I truly learned like to like I truly learned to separate my persona from the golfer this is I think I always say this is the biggest thing that my my coach Missy taught me she would always tell me you're not the number you shoot like you're a person and then you're the golfer and like the number you shoot but those two things are separate and I think being able to understand that makes you take golf a lot lightly more lightly Mm -hmm. and uh, it just allows you to like put everything into perspective and then obviously I was also blessed to have great teammates really good players and you know to just be part of a national championship you know i had to work really hard just during the spot of my team i remember the year we won a national championship i think three of my teammates were top 10 or 20 in the world so just like you know just just keep like working hard and just like learning from them and like you know like what they did and what i could do I think was great. And again, I think the people you have around yourself are a big part of the journey and who you become. Roberta Litti is our guest. She is a rookie on the LPGA, made her way to the United States from Italy, Arizona State, national championship along the way, and now the heights that she has uh, attained with playing the game. You, you, the quote that you said were separating your persona from the golfer. Uh, I am curious how do you, Roberta, define your own persona? Um, you know, I think, I think like, oh, I'm like, I'm a very, um, I'm passionate, I'm driven, I'm ambitious, but I also, I also think that my bad scores do not define 
do not take away from me like all like the good things that I am off the golf course. So I, I, I just think that again, golf is like the type of sport that like likes to put, to put you back in your place and humbles you every single day. But I think I was able to use golf as learn as a learning lesson mm. and never truly let like it define or made me feel any less about myself or not reaching at times the goals I wanted. Do you have have a hope in your heart, although it's probably already happening in fairness, but do you have a hope in your heart that your engagement with the game of golf, you're playing it at its highest levels, will have a positive impact, a, uh, an impact of perhaps growing the game in Italy? Yeah, I, I really hope so. I mean, obviously golf is still growing in Italy. It's not like the biggest sport. But I see, like, compared to, like, right now and, like, the previous years, there's so many more girls playing golf. So, like, great players that, like, will turn pro once they're done with college. There are great players coming up. And I think the more, like, you can put the dream out there and show people that it's, it's doable, like, if they work hard and it's, like, a great life, you know, it truly is. And I feel so grateful for the life I have. And I think the more we can, you know, communicate this to the younger people, the more they will be able to understand that, like, they'll be able to just, like, want to do that, too. You know, it happened the same in, like, Korea, you know, with Terry mm -hmm. Park. So it's it's just, like, a truly part of growing the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big year for Italy and, and golf, too, is we have a Ryder Cup coming up and just outside Absolutely. of uh, Rome in September, which is going to be fun. Uh, we always ask players to share with us who their sponsors are and, and the reason why we do it Roberta, is to say thank you to you for taking the time to join us so that you can say thank you to all of them do you want to share with us who you've aligned yourself with at this point absolutely i mean as you said sponsors are a big part of the journey and without them a lot of journeys wouldn't be possible um i'm very blessed to have had the help of like callaway and tylist for equip equipment and like golf balls and shoes and gloves um, I met several people along the way that were able to help me. My first sponsor ever was Felplus, which is a plastic recycling company in Georgia. And they truly helped me to start my journey. So I'm very thankful that they were part of it. And I currently have a wine sponsor, which is Cantina Day, which is a winery close to my, to my home in Italy, like 45 minutes away from my house. So nice. they were a great support for me. And uh, another sponsor I met in a pro-am in Albany, New York, it's FBI, it's a mechanical engineering company. And uh, the owner is an amazing person and we truly connected from the start and it was all in helping me in my journey. And without him, this wouldn't be possible. It was a big help. And I cannot forget the Italian Federation because they truly helped since the start and super grateful that they were able to help me again since the start and since I was a junior too. And I have a new sponsor, which is a coffee company. Uh, it's called Cafe Verniano. And they were amazing. I met them again at a Proam. You know, you meet great people through Proams. Mm. And uh, I, I met the whole family. They were great. Our values aligned from the start. So they decided to hop on board this year. So I couldn't be more grateful for that too. So I'm 
very, very grateful that these people were part of my journey and will be part of my journey. Oh, it's awesome. I, and I'm very impressed with everything you've built so far in, in your young career that you're putting together these kind of associations. Putting that sports business education to good use, there's no doubt about that. Now, in your social media channels, it's it clearly, we use the word athlete when we talk about you guys, rightfully so, because of what you put your body through on a golf course. But here we can see of what you put your body through in a gymnasium as well. How much is this balance important to the other? Um, I, I started working out with a trainer, Danielle Pelicano, seriously, uh, last January. And I, I realized that everything was going in the right direction, but my physical part wasn't improving and wasn't really like, you know, up to standards. So I decided to contact her and ask her to help me. And I think her help has truly been invaluable. And um, I'm like, I my my shape improved. I I was getting to the end of tournaments in better shape. So I truly believe her, along all the other people that were part of my sport team, my coach, Alessio Bruschi was always there, and my padding coach Roberto, and you know all these people that were part of my sport team truly helped me, like move to the next step. So that was great. Roberta, I got to ask you this: when, when we were watching that video, was it was that your was that your trainer up in the corner? Yes. Of the video. So, yes. So she's obviously we don't live in the same uh, city. Obviously, I, I'm always traveling. So she trains me virtually, which has been working great because she trains me every week and it works perfectly. You know, I I. I I've worked with her in person too a few times, but just be able to just be anywhere and just work virtually with her, like it's been, it's been great. So when when you're absolutely exhausted and she wants you to do that one more rep, are you like oh, I couldn't hear you? It broke up. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to, but she's, she's like, I can see you, I can see you. <laughs> I love it. All right, so this this is, I'm going to let you go after this because you've given us so much time. But the producer of this show, who you've communicated with, his real name is Domenico Scarano. So I'm going to ask you, and I know he's eagerly waiting for for this question to answer. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask you, though. You're going out to dinner. I know what wine you're going to drink. You've told us. But you're going out to dinner, and you're going to order a meal. What does Roberta Litti order? What is your favorite go-to? My favorite go-to is I guess it, as far as Italian food would be lasagna. That's obviously my mom's homemade lasagna is the absolute best, but that's that's my go-to. There you go. Okay, Dom, what's your reaction to that? That's literally the best answer possible. <laughs> I also am a large fan of lasagna, and my lasagna recipe is my great-grandmother's recipe. So that's, I got you beat. It's great grandmother. It's like three generations of the I have a feeling here. hers came from the same lineages too. Dom, where's your family from in Italy? Are you anywhere near hers in the Tusky, Tuscany area? No, actually, we're not. I actually spoke to her on the phone the other day about this. Uh, we are from a little village called Cervino, which is in Caserta, which is a region like just next to Naples. And Naples is like sort of southern Italy, and Siena, where she's from, is sort of up near Florence. It's sort of northern Italy, but we're all Italian. It's okay. We're all eating lasagna. It's great. <laughs> well, yeah, Roberta, Italy's small enough. 
We're old clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I can assure you this. We love having young players on the show because all of you are great people. It is so easy to become, you know, ardent fans of everything you're doing, and we are. And we wish you the very, very best with all of that. But the fact that you came on and you, you picked lasagna as your favorite, your grandmother's lasagna is your favorite meal. Dom now loves you forever, ever. We do too. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much for Thank your you time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Absolute delight. Okay, folks, uh, DeWiz Golf is a new wearable technology that is based on neuroscience. Now, you wear it on your wrists, and it gives you immediate feedback as to where your golf swing is. So you can know your swing literally like you've never known it before. That's why so many great and prominent people in the world of golf are adopting this new technology. There is nothing else like it. Go on to DeWizGolf.com, check it out. Seriously, just check it out on your own and see how amazing this technology is. You can't play your best golf ever because of DeWiz. DeWizGolf.com. I guess, hello world, huh? <laughs> and with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. done it for 20 years now with, with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. Boeing Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern lower peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boeing Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boeing Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boeinggolf.com. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one gives you feedback in real time. Do you feel where you are in your golf swing? Transition plus four point two inches. Length of backswing fifty point three inches. The Wiz really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Are you ready? For golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration-absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses. 
all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. I like you got video of Ben Hogan saying yes. Because normally his, his bobblehead says no. He likes to say no. Go ahead, Andrew, grab him. Go camera one or camera two, whichever one you want. Grab, grab Ben Hogan over here. I want to show, show you guys what I'm talking about. He's going he's gonna to go in tight. My bobblehead's very agreeable. Ready for Ben Hogan? When I do that, see? Oh, he's still kind of, he's slightly in the affirmative. Maybe he likes lasagna too, even though Ben Hogan's family's from Dublin. All right, so I promised you guys that I would show you some of the new products because as I opened up the show today, it mentioned we're super, super excited. We're on our way right now within the next couple of hours driving down to Palm Beach where the PGA Tour Superstore is having their annual summit. And what we do at the summit is we get trained on all the new products that are coming into the industry. And there is a ton of new products and always new technology coming in. I'm an old equipment guy, meaning I I started in the golf industry and and the equipment side of the business. I think it's incredible what the engineers, the designers put together. uh, And they become so beautiful. One of those companies... And I've, I've got a couple of the clubs. I don't have a ton of them, but I've got some of them starting to come in. One of those companies that does an incredible job with it, for example, is uh, Cobra. And what they do with their designs is they want this club to look like a sports car. So, and, and this, this is their, their new Aerojet that you're looking at. That, uh, that was a picture that I took of it this morning where... Doesn't that look like the trim of like a, an incredible sports car that you would see racing down the, the driveway? Well, the idea of this club is so that it will race through the air with minimal uh, drag is what, what it's called officially. And you know, there's a lot of different elements to this. I won't go through all of them because I just wanted to kind of show it to you as a sneak peek. But it has that top that you can see there that's carbon. And you can hear me kind of tapping on it in front, of, in front of this microphone. That carbon top allows the engineers to move weight from the top of the club to wherever they want the club to go through the rest of it. So generally through the rest of it is here in the bottom. And you can see the dual weights that they have. Now, these weights are always adjustable. Obviously, nowadays, you're used to the fact that the shaft is adjustable. You can adjust... Uh, loft with it with the, the shaft you you can in other words you can go up or down from whatever loft is the standard when you you buy this you can also more often than not nowadays open or close the the face depending upon how you want to work the ball what you prefer with it but what's cool about this is they've got different elements of weight and carbon spread throughout this different club that you can see and the faces, and they're all AI-engineered faces now that make sure that they maximize performance because most amateur golfers are hitting the, the ball here. Can you, can you see that? Or, or the, one that? the picture you just put up there, Andrew, it would be 
above the, at the top end of that circle towards the toe. All right? So in the old days, the it used to be called bulge and roll, and there is still an element of that even in the, the metal clubs, not as much as it used to be uh, back when they were persimmon. But because of the AI, they're maximizing performance across the breadth and width of these different faces. So this is, when I, when I pulled this club out, in, uh, and they're all, as you can imagine, packed up like you can't believe for, for the safety of shipping. But when I actually saw this one, I was stunned at how beautiful this new Aerojet is from Cobra. And in the coming weeks, because this week we'll be broadcasting, as I mentioned, live from the summit. So we'll have a lot of opportunity to talk about different products. We're going to be producing our national television broadcast while I'm down there, which means I will be on the range with all of these massive companies talking with the company representatives saying, hey, tell me why this is different, what the technology is, how it works, so that people can make decisions as to what clubs interest them when you're doing your research, if you're looking for whatever new club you're looking for in your particular bag. Now, one of those clubs we'll be working with this week is TaylorMade. This is the new TaylorMade Stealth 2 driver. This too, just like the one I was just showing you, cosmetically, it's gorgeous. The, the picture that Andrew has up there right now is the soul of this club. And the, on the soul of the TaylorMade clubs, on the bottom, you can see what, what kind of sticks out from the bottom of the soul is that are what they call an inertia generator. You can also see just by where the shaft is coming in fully adjustable, you can see a weight there. So that tells me when I look at this club that technically this club is made for those who have a tendency to hit it right, slice or otherwise. So this has a draw bias built into the club. The carbon face is what makes these drivers, in my view, so very, very distinctive because there's all kinds of different materials that are being used in the golf industry. Only just over a year ago, it, that same sentence, I would have said there's all types of different metals used in the golf industry, speaking in terms of the club face. And now TaylorMade is doing it with this carbon face. And you've seen members of their team, they've got a pretty stout uh, stable amongst the best golfers in the world, are using this new face with great success. The way that this carbon is there into this club is through multiple different layers. It's through layers and layers and layers and layers of carbon and the carbon resin that becomes what you see here before you is where they're getting their performance from. And just like we were talking about with the Cobra, the different elements of this club provide the engineers with the discernible ability to move weight to different parts. Here is the, uh, again, Stealth 2 that you can see from the sole with some different weight configurations. When they send me the drivers, it's very typical that there will be at least three, sometimes four different drivers in a driver introduction. And they're made for a variety of different golfers. Usually there's one that's flat out tour caliber. It's made for the best of the best. Uh, those heads tend to be, in general, a little bit smaller, right? Uh, they they are they tend to be preset in terms of what the what those players are looking for. Although adjustability is always there at no matter, matter what level of the game that you play at. Uh, with with tour players, if if they play a fade, as many of them do, uh, they want to completely eliminate the the left side. And so uh, it's not uncommon that the club will be set up to eliminate the left side. 
uh, it when that's done, there's usually a little bit more weight out here. Uh, for, for players that want to affect a draw at whatever level, that's where I was talking to you about earlier in terms of where the weight is set over here. So I'm going to go into all of these clubs, as I promised you, with a lot more detail in the coming weeks. This week, we will be featuring TaylorMade, our national television broadcast, which we had our, our premiere and a whole bunch of affiliates over the last couple of weeks, which we're super excited about. And uh, I got a chance to see it on MSG Network as it, as it premiered on Saturday, which was really exciting for all of us, uh, for me, partly because I grew up watching MSG Network. So uh, we're really excited about the, the way everything's expanding. Uh, somebody wrote to us the other day and said, cannot believe the numbers that you guys are doing. Congratulations, because when the show comes out and all the programming that we put out over the course of a week, and we're talking about the national television broadcast now. Uh, Andrew, you can throw the, the affiliates up there. You can kind of get a look uh, on the monitor behind me of where they are and who they are. It's not all of them, but it's, it's most of them. Uh, that to reach 180 million homes through what we're doing is mind-blowing. And I look at it with a head shake, just like Roberta was talking about earlier in her interview, with, the, with more of a sense of awe and gratitude to you guys than it is about being impressed about what we're accomplishing. Because if you guys haven't been with us for all these years and been our support structure, then we wouldn't be able to be doing this. And the fact that the Fairways of Life show and what we do as a, as a golf news-driven interview show, et cetera, we're the only one in the space. It's mind-blowing when you think about it. In this day and age, you would think there'd be all kinds of people there. But from a national television broadcast and our affiliate network, and what we did with those, just uh, as, I, as I put this down for a second, hopefully won't slam it, uh, what we did with, with the network is we aligned ourselves with the networks and the teams that means something emotionally to you guys. As I just was alluding to, even with myself, it, it means something to me to be on a New England sports network because that's home. It means something to me to be on the Madison Square Garden network, again, because a large portion of my life, I grew up watching these networks and, and watching the teams that we love on them. So uh, just using those two as an example, to be on the network in New England Sports Network, which you can see over here, to be on the network that broadcasts and it's the home of the Red Sox is incredibly cool. A Madison Square Garden network has, for example, the New York Rangers, which is, which is my NHL team that I love. So to have, to be on the networks with these teams, and it's, and it's across the country, as you guys are watching this from wherever you are, you're looking at it and go, oh yeah, that's where I watch the White Sox, or that's why I watch the Mariners, or that's where I watch my basketball team, or my hockey team, or my college team, or what have you. Uh, that's the reason why we did what we did. We were trying to take our show into places and through and with systems of distribution that were not typical to golf. We know the sports fans are there. We know that the people who love the game of golf are there. The only thing that wasn't there is the type of programming that we produce. So we were like, okay, let's give this a shot. They were all for it. We're now more than a year down the road. And again, thanks to all of you guys, it has been immensely successful. We're amazed by it. We're humbled by it. We're incredibly excited by it. And so the, the full national broadcast, and I would encourage you to go out, check your local listings. If you see the, the affiliates here, check your local listing to find out when we air. Uh, you can always go on to fairwaysoflife.com and see. Our, our app is a great source of information for the show on a daily basis, whether it's the radio side or whether it's the uh, streaming television side. So we're going to get a chance 
this weekend to feature a lot of equipment. And then next week, ready for it, Dom's flying in on, Dom, what day you get in? Monday, I believe? A week from today? Monday night, yeah, Monday night. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Dom gets in on Monday night, and then we've got multiple shows that we will be producing from inside of the Orange County Convention Center. Uh, the Fairways of Life show will be broadcasting live from the PGA show. Uh, I'll also be hosting Golf Channel's coverage of the PGA show. So we're going to be coming at you with just a wall of, of content. Uh, Dom, with that, just because I'm excited about all this and sharing it with the audience, can you give us a kind of a, a sneak peek in terms of what you have planned with the PGA Merchandise Show too? Uh, I can. I don't know how much you want me to divulge. You want me to just list companies? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Let let let's people know some of the big ones that are going to be joining us. All right. Let's see here. How about Mizuno? How about Callaway? How about Titleist? How about Cleveland? Shrixon, Ping, Bridgestone. Okay then. Let's see, Cobra. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I want to give away too much. <laughs> yeah, and that's just. And that's. That's just. I mean, I guess the way to it. phrase it would be, if there's something you're looking for. Like there's a hole in your game, and you're trying to find what's gonna fill that gap, whether it's a club, whether it's a ball, whether it's a piece of equipment, whether it's an accessory. I guarantee you, we're gonna talk about it next week. Awesome. Uh, so that's just next week at the PGA Merchandise Show. And like I said, we'll be broadcasting live from the PGA Merchandise Show uh, during the week here on the Fairways of Life Show. We will uh, also be broadcasting our national television broadcast from the PGA Show. And this weekend, we'll be broadcasting both this show during the week and our national television broadcast from the PGA Tour Superstore Summit, where, again, we're going to be able to find out about all of the products. The challenge, as you're probably trying to figure out right now, the challenge over the next couple of weeks are where we pick the different companies that we go deep with so that we give as much exposure to as many of them as we possibly can. That is our intent. That's what we're super excited about. So that's the plan going forward. That's our map over, over the coming days. Thank you very much for joining us today. It was fun to get to know Roberto a little bit better. Congratulations again to see Wu Kim with his victory at the Sony Open, as Earl Forsey from PGA Tour Radio told us earlier, the swing in Hawaii is done. So they will be coming to the continental United States next, and we're looking forward to carrying all of that uh, with and for you as we move forward. So thank you for your time today, and until we are together again, be well. Goodbye for now. <laughs>